0: Left, right. Hey, what's up? I think this is a pretty cool episode. You're really gonna enjoy it, whether you're young, you're old, you're just starting out into a new work career. Um, Dressing the right way is super important. It's first impressions that really matter. And I think you're really gonna find some value here. And I super, super, super appreciate you watching. Please share it, we're a newer podcast. This is episode 20, so that's pretty badass. But we gotta get the word out there. So I appreciate it. Please like, comment, subscribe, and share. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Of course it's <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
1: Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Right today we have Andres the Battagliater here. We have James Boswell here. James, you're new to the show. You want to give a quick intro
2: on yourself? Oh, real quick. I've known Justin pretty much my entire life. He moved down to Charleston with me back in 2008. Stayed here for about two years or so, then moved back to New York City because Charleston's a bit overrated in my opinion. I'm still in Charleston right now, working in public accounting, also referee soccer professionally, and and working towards the CPA, and do a good bit of stock trading on the side.
0: Yeah, stock trading, man. The, so how, how far away are you on this from being a CPA? I'm just curious, because I was asking myself that last night.
2: Got probably about 25 to 30 more credits to do, and I got to pass the exam. But mm-hmm. I'm doing pretty much all the CPA-level work without just without signing my name on it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's how it works, I think, right? In the beginning.
2: Yeah. We got a number of people in the office that are like that, where they they're doing pretty much all the work and just having the CPAs review it and make sure that they're cool with it. But I'd say that a good portion of the the work that our office turns out is going to be done by people at my level or slightly higher. And then we'll, we'll ask the tough questions to the partners and the partners are going to look through it, review it, and if they're happy with it, they'll sign off on it. But most of the work that we're turning out is done by people at my level.
0: Cool, cool. Uh, Andres is a is a he's he's blossoming right now. He's a he's a caterpillar when it comes to real estate. He's he's working on getting his butterfly wings. Um, would you would you like to to elaborate on an introduction for yourself, Andres?
1: I mean, at this point you guys know me, you know boy, um, uh yeah, uh, I decided to stop talking about the uh, real estate business and all like if you can teach me as many things that, that you could, if you can guide me through the, the things that, uh, that you know that I have no idea about, it'll be a lot better for me, and yeah, things so, happen, beautiful things came out of there, and you know.
0: So, so right now we, we have, because the state is shut down, for basically all licensing activity, um, Andres is basically able to help transact. He's not able to show apartments, he's not able to negotiate leases, but um, because we have to do so much remotely, he's basically providing like video tours and all the digital information that we need and helping with correspondence because, you know, that as somebody who gets a couple hundred emails at minimum a day, uh, most that require attention, it's nice to be able to have somebody else to help, and he's learning the ropes literally every single day, just super key coming you know coming in handy uh, so it's awesome and it's a super opportunistic time, given coronavirus uh so l- let me just ask you, so you're in Charleston, we're in New York. Has your city been slammed as as much
2: as ours has? so we were doing pretty well until about sometime between. Memorial Day in July 4th is when things really started taking off. Now we shut down for about six weeks to two months starting in mid, mid-March. mid And yeah, mid-May or so is when we started opening back up again. Things started off okay. I think a lot of the problem came from with the increase in tourism because Charleston is such a big tourist town. But during the during the first shutdown when we were really locked down and my entire office is working from home. I don't think that anybody in our office was really affected by the virus, but in the last three weeks or so, we've had more than half the office either get coronavirus or be exposed to coronavirus and have to work from home while they're awaiting test results. More than half? Probably about half. We've had, out of about 25 employees, I know that we've had Think three people test positive and we've got another four or five right now that are waiting on test results. And we've got two or three people that are probably that, that I think tested clear and can work back in the office. But while, they, while the partners want us there, they've given everybody the option to work from home and most people are taking that. I kind of split my time 50-50.
0: Well, wow, it's nice to be able to get out of
2: the house and be able to get out of the house.
0: So you, you know, one of the things that we talked about that we were going to talk about today was what you wear at work, work attire, professional clothing. Let me just ask you this. When you're working at home, what do you, what do you wear? Do you get dressed up or you just, you just like get out of bed and go to work?
2: I just roll out when I was working at home. Yeah. I would just roll out of bed and whatever I was working, like usually I'll sleep in just underwear and a t-shirt. So just throw on a pair of gym shorts or whatever. And, and, break out the paperwork and start cracking away i
0: see i I can't because who cares
2: no no one's looking at me
0: understood but i think maybe it's like an ocd thing for me or something but i can't i can't like sit and work in like
2: underwear
0: you know something like that i gotta get up and take a shower if i don't feel like a hundred percent like in work mode i'm incapable of it's definitely like some weird OCD thing, but I can't, I can't work unless I'm like showered. I've gotten dressed. So I, I'm, so, you know, I thought maybe you would, you'd would be the same, but I, I could also see you.
2: Just, uh, well, part uh, of it is I, I shower before I go to bed every night. So I don't shower before I go to work in the morning. Cause I'm clean from when I went to sleep. <laughs> so that, also... that,
0: in my opinion, that's a theory that only works at on seven year olds. <laughs>
2: uh, Adam
0: would disagree with me. So Adam is very uh, much on, on your side. But I will say,
2: I'm guessing you don't sweat as
0: much as I do, so.
2: No, I've got air conditioning. And also, well, Adam also gets to make the case that he's very clean from a shower because he takes 45 minutes in it. At least. least, Yeah.
0: We know as people have waited nearly an hour for Adam to take a shower. I don't know what he does, but the guy is in there for almost a solid hour without fail. Not a quick rinse. Let me rinse. I'll jump out, dry off, switch clothes. I'm out in seven minutes but like a solid hour. Like We need snacks in the other room while we're we're waiting on this.
1: Um, Yeah, there was a time that we actually went went to a bar and we texted him at six o'clock and we were like, Adam, we're at this bar, Hartleball with the bar number of Daniel. And we were waiting and waiting. He was like, yeah, I'll be there, guys. I'm just gonna go take a shower. And we kept waiting and waiting and was like, fuck it, I just go to another bar (laughs) at 7.30. They just got another bar because we were just there sitting, and we, we I think, we even ordered him a drink. I'm sure we drank it at that and point. We exactly, yeah. what we just rented, and then we went to another bar. Then we went to another bar. He came at 7, uh, nine o'clock, nine, nine thirty. you found yeah, uh, nah, it, like, like, what happened to you? Why did you so long? I was like, you know, guys, I was taking a shower, just so, I'm taking a shower,
0: so he does a real, a real deep, deep cleanse scrub. Um. So the reason I started thinking about the clothing thing was I had we I've been pushing to hire now because a lot of people that aren't coming in got a lot of our, most of our older crowd is not showing up because they're literally terrified to come into the office which I understand and then we got a certain number of people that are just content they weren't making too much money closing deals so they're making unemployment uh, what's that you can't hear me oh okay. Well, I don't, I don't know why that is.
2: Um, you're coming clear on my end, so I'm,
0: I'm glad I'm coming through clean, you So uh, you can't hear it at all. Hang on. so we got a technical issue on. Uh, no, we can't hear you. Well, turn up your volume first off, and uh, I don't know, maybe you're covering the microphone. So with your finger on the bottom, try to hold it from the side. without, without raising your finger. Uh, either way, I've been trying to push hiring lately. Uh, because we need people. A lot of people aren't coming in. And um, somebody hit me up on a Facebook ad that we had, and he said he was interested. And I said, hey, I'm free this afternoon at 2 o'clock. You can swing by. Otherwise, I'm happy to schedule later in the week. But obviously, if I have free time now, and I'm going to hit somebody back right away, things happen fast in the city. The guy said to me, well, I don't have any professional clothes right now. I I don't know if I can come in for an interview. So I said, man, as as long as you feel... Yeah, as long as you feel comfortable, uh, I'm okay with that. I'm wearing shorts and a polo. Uh, and the guy came in, and he he had like a uh, like a Henley on or something like that. And he looked reasonably reasonably professional, uh, no collar. I mean, for me, I think if you're going to go in an office, you should have a collar on. That's of kind of a personal rule. Um, but but what what are your what's your thing on in interviewing? Because you told me before we before we jumped on here that interviewing the last time you wore a suit and a tie was to the interview to your job that you have now and that was the last time you wore it to the job that you have now
2: that's absolutely correct i I still have i retain the old school thinking that you you should dress for the job you want not the one that you're interviewing for so i unless you're applying for some kind of like blue collar job where you're working in manufacturing where you're going to be getting dirty every single day if you're providing Applying for any professional kind of career where you're working in an office or whatever, I still think that the best bet is to wear your best suit and and show up put together, because at worst it signals that you're serious about it. At best, people are going to see that you can put together a decent outfit and be presentable, and that you put an effort and that you care about this interview. Um, now, since since I interviewed for the job and got the job with the office, I don't think I've worn a tie a single time. There's been maybe once or twice when I've worn laser over a a button down shirt with no tie when I've been meeting with a client, but I'd say 99% of the time that I'm in the office, I'm wearing either a good pair of khakis or a dark pair of slacks and just whatever color button down shirt I feel like wearing that day, no tie on Fridays we can relax it a little bit where usually really all I do is I just wear a slightly more comfortable pair of pants and untuck my shirt but yeah. our our firm's policy has always been dress for what your activity is that day so if you're meeting with a client or whatever maybe wear something a little bit nicer maybe maybe throw a blazer on there yeah. I, I really only even even at the partner level the partners at my firm I've only ever seen them wear suits or ties when they've been doing something where they're facing the public, not necessarily a client. But if they're doing a forum, or um, some of them are on different board, uh, board of trustees for, for either nonprofits or businesses or whatever. So when they go to those meetings, they might dress up in a suit. Or if they're doing something where they're presenting to a college, sure. Yeah,
0: but, but unless, well, like even that. when
2: they're meeting with clients, they, they aren't dressed up because so, I don't but, know. Maybe but, Charleston's different than New York in that respect.
0: Let's, let's, well, Charleston is hotter, but let's just circle back to, to the interview, because I think that's a really big thing, how you dress for an interview, and I interview all different types of people, so I get people that pull up in, you know, ripped up jeans, dirty shoes, t uh, t-shirt, and, you know, I have a bit of a problem with that, and then, you know, I have people that uh, that show up in these big baggy suits and so you know it's like their father's suit or like their first suit bought right off the rack. Um, you yeah, know, and I... It,
2: it's... Well, that's better well, than baggy, baggy, like, torn up jeans or dirty clothes. I agree.
1: Can you do that ice real quick? No, but then again, it also comes down to you're a salesperson, especially on our business, being a salesperson, if you go to your client wearing... If, jeans and you know buy clothes and whatever. What's the uh, what's the impression that you're actually sending? Because for me the first impression is what matters. That's how you actually close the deal. That's how actually you get to know that person and if that person sees you with a clean shirt. Uh you know you don't need to wear especially in the summer in New York, you don't need to wear uh pants, but like a good person uh clean shoes, clean uh sneakers, clean uh shorts, that sends a message that okay you if you give me money, you can actually uh, trust me with that money.
0: Well, but uh, you know, I think the suit is overdoing it a little bit. And when I see somebody that clearly spent, you know, minimum a few hundred bucks on a suit, and it's big and it's baggy and it doesn't fit well, you know, for me, I kind of, you know, like I feel I, I feel bad because I know that person obviously probably doesn't wear the suit on a regular basis. Otherwise, it'd be better fitted. But they spent the money on, on the suit probably as an interview suit and typically it's a black suit they're wearing a white shirt they take the suit jacket off they're going to look like a waiter but my you know my advice to anybody is you know slim cut and i would do just the slacks and a button-up shirt with a tie or drop the tie if you know if it doesn't you know it, it, it looks decent and get a second opinion
1: um I think we all have like that friend that is really good with fashion
0: yeah figure find your friend
1: yeah find your friend and be like listen I know that I'm not good at it can you please just come with me and you know guide me through these things I think like in every circle there's this guy that has like a fashion sense yeah but also also, yeah you also have to be like you know man enough to be like listen hey can you help me out with that And that's something that I think
0: but I want to also add that just skip the black pants and white shirt
2: because that gray suit is almost always superior to a black suit
0: gray suit hundred percent
1: i gotta i, I guess everything either a gray suit or a navy
0: uh blue navy navy blue you're yeah. good but black you either you think you're in the irs the fbi <laughs> uh men in black or you're a waiter and or you just came from a funeral or, well, or your game. Okay. So, so know, yeah, I just I think black. There's a million ways to go wrong. Whereas navy blue, you're good. And then, now, so I, what I like to do, every, you know, when I get dressed, is not have to make choices, and just be able to grab whatever. So, if you ever see me, and it's below seventy degrees, I have on navy pants and a white button-up French cuff shirt. Typically not a tie. If it's the summertime, um, I, up until recently, I did navy shorts and a white polo. But now I just changed it up and I bought, I bought another dozen black polos and a half dozen khaki shorts. And that way I can just, every day it's the same thing. And then on the weekend I can wear whatever I feel like wearing. But I like just having a go-to. And then my hack is, is also the French cuff. French cuff shirts usually don't cost that much more, but you're wearing a French cuff shirt next to somebody who's got a barrel cuff or any other type of cuff on their wrist. The French cuff is just classier. And, and you just look like the boss. It's a weird thing, but if you're seated next to somebody and you've got French cuffs on they have the same exact thing with a regular cuff on, you look
1: like the boss.
2: And they've gotten easier to find over the last couple of years. They've picked up in popularity. It's it's the only it's the only. I think it's always there.
1: been popular. French cuffs have always been popular. Uh-huh. I think, that, I think they're, kind of, they're
0: they're becoming a little more popular.
1: I think. Probably, probably. Um, classic, yeah, like I've always seen persons that I look up to, or when I was actually learning how to dress myself. Like okay, there's this person that is actually wearing a French cuff, and if he's wearing a French cuff, he's like wearing a fit, so, uh, so that it was tailored to him. So
0: on the tailoring thing, obviously, if you can get a bespoke suit, which means it's made for you, that's the way to go.
2: You're dumping thousands into that, though.
0: Well, and and I'll talk about the thousandth thing in a second. But if you can get a suit off the rack and have it
1: tailored,
2: that's that's great. I think that's the best compromise.
0: Sure. Now, if you can't afford to get it tailored, and you're going to buy it off the rack, buy it a slight s- size too small because a baggy suit just looks like garbage. Yeah. And I can't stress that enough. that Even if I put on some weight over the last couple of years, I can still get into some of these suits, and they actually look like they're, they're a bit more fitted. So, so just going down a half size, and even if it's a little too tight in the chest, you can just leave it unbuttoned. But dropping down the half size is is almost the same as getting it tailored to you, uh, which is, you know, as close as you can get to a bespoke suit. But on that note that I was talking about earlier, which is what, another thing that, you know, we kind of got rolling into with this, is that I would rather get blathered drunk, just pissed drunk in a $6,000 suit than a $500 suit. Do you know why that is?
2: Elaborate you? on that. Yeah, elaborate James? Yeah. Sorry. I don't know, you, you got your shoot, suits insured? No, sorry, what, what do you got?
0: There's somebody asking, do does accessories matter,
2: match, I mean, watch, shades, etc.? Of course. All right, I'm not, I, Hold on. So, oh, yeah, is, let's talk about that.
0: The point is, a, a really quality-made suit is going to last a hell of a lot longer. The seams, everything that's going to retain its shape, so if you end up, you know, like rolling around on the ground in a $6,000 suit, it's, it, it's going it, to, it'll last. Whereas if you, you know, you get, if you try to sit down in a $500 suit, you may bust out the ass or bust out the knee or bust out the elbow and it's done. You know, if you bust something, especially if it's not on a scene, you're screwed. But I can just, you know, I, uh, especially if you're sweating and stuff. A higher quality suit is going to breathe better. Yeah. And it's just any, any way you look at it, I would rather save up and buy one kick-ass suit than buy two or three cheap suits. And when I moved to Charleston, I bought two like $500 suits uh, at Macy's. I don't know if you remember those. And I used those as my interview suits. And I would walk up and down the streets every single day with, with these stupid suits on. But, you know, a suit is really... Yeah, in the
2: middle of August, the people looked at you like you were insane.
0: Well, that was my thing. I would wake up, i wake up in the morning, like 7.30, 8 o'clock. I'd go for a swim at the pool and then I'd sit at the pool and I would send my resume out as to as many places as I could. Then I'd come back, I'd take a shower, I'd put on a suit and i walk up and down every street and drop all my resume at different businesses. Which if, if anybody's looking for a job and they don't follow that schedule, then I don't think they're looking hard so, even, and I mean, to the thing, dropping your resume off in person is an art because a lot of people are just like, bro, there's the fucking internet. And, you know, and you're like, well, you know, even a lot of people, I'm just hoping to put this in a manager's hand and, and shake their hand. But I really think there's an art to doing that. And it takes some balls because yeah. you're going to a place, you don't know anybody. Yeah. Half the time, the people that are there don't know what to tell you. They're like, I applied online. But, uh,. <laughs> But I really think there's an art to putting your resume in the hand of, of somebody who's going to be reviewing it and shaking their hand. Um, but yeah, and then if I walk up and down the streets and it's 90 degrees outside, I wear a suit and sometimes people be like, dude, you have, you're having a suit on. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but I'm covered in sweat underneath yeah. and you you can't see. But I'd rather have a suit jacket covering up the sweat than, than just have a sweaty back walking around. Um, so after a while, I just went full Miami Vice style, which was a T-shirt under the suit jacket. But, uh, but James, wh- what were you saying? You guys wanted to comment about accessories. I'm not a big accessory guy. I do French cuffs, and that's about it. But, but on you, so,
2: well, personally, I don't think you want to overdo it, but I think having one or two small pieces to add to a look will set you apart. Um, back when I was dressing up, I, I was a substitute teacher for a while, and I looked really young at the time, so you, I had to dress way up to not look like the kids.
0: Well, you look young, and you were young. So you look young now. You were young back then, and you, you could have passed for a high schooler.
2: Oh, I, I, I did. There were a couple of times where, like, if it, it was my first day or two in the school, some of the teachers were like, Do you, don't you need to be in class? I'm like, yo, I'm being paid to be here. <laughs> So I put a lot of effort into expanding my wardrobe and learning how to dress properly there so that way I would set myself as far apart from the kids as possible. Yeah,
1: and especially yeah. now that you have the internet where you can actually look for all these things back then. You back didn't then, have the yeah. You didn't it was
2: eight things. years ago. The like, internet
1: still existed. Right, right, now, right now you have all of these things. So, so,
0: okay, but so, so, so accessories, what was the full question? Sorry. A uh, person was asking like about
1: accessories like they order
0: order. watch. What what so order? okay, so we'll just we'll start with the basic suit, and and I got a question for you guys to hone in the this question here. Now you got a basic suit, so you got the pants, you got a button-up shirt, and you got a jacket on. What's the first accessory you go with, James? Go
1: first.
2: I like adding color. Uh, instead of wearing a basic white shirt, wear something that goes with your body, like with the color of your eyes, the color of your hair, the color of your skin, find find a shirt color that goes and kind of matches with the suit color and everything else. And the other thing that I like to do to add color to an otherwise bland look is I think an easy one is have fun with the socks.
1: Okay, fine <laughs> God, nah, fucking socks. Yeah. It. That's a whole different thing. Uh, I, I hate it. the socks. Yeah. Some people love what? it. What? I, I love the it, sock okay. game. Yeah, sure. Uh, But for me, like, something that's super basic and, like, it's a staple of every, it should be a staple of every man, is, like, shoes. Your shoes. Oh, this guy loves shoes. This guy loves shoes. That's an accessory for you. And whatever shoes you're wearing, make sure that the same color matches to your uh, belt. Uh, If you're wearing black shoes, don't wear a blue belt. Don't wear a brown belt. Get a fucking black belt. If you have a watch... The wrist of the watch has to match the shoes, the belt. i yet wearing uh, metal shoes.
2: What if it's band. a metal band? <laughs> <laughs> no, but then you're fine. You're fine.
1: You make sure about those little things. For example, if you wear, I don't know, uh, colors, or if you wear rings, or of all, 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 all these things, make sure that they actually are not the the main attention, but like compliment to complementary. I I
0: think you know if you're I just like to think of an Italian you know Italian guy dressed nicely he's got pants on he's got a jacket on maybe maybe a pocket square when I you know if I have a flat color suit like a straight navy or a straight gray with something without stripes or something I really like to have a little pocket square if I have I have a couple suits that have some lines or patterns um I'll stuff a pocket square in there sometimes, but then it'll just be a white pocket square. Um, but i think if you have quality if you're wearing a five thousand dollar suit you want you don't want to take attention away from
1: that not, and
0: you don't need to distract people with you know like a lapel pin or something like that the accessories
1: that. are just basically a compliment for the suit that you're already wearing but the the suit itself the well fitted the well tailor. It has to stand out and then the accessories are just like a compliment to it because there's also people that will ruin a good suit by adding way way too many accessories. But
0: here's my opinion also on accessories. So I say I say buy an expensive suit. You can wear the pants with a button-up shirt, you can wear the jacket with jeans, right? Like you can it's super versatile. But when you're buying accessories, if you're using an accessory that's not gonna last you for life, ditch it.
2: That's my opinion
0: on accessories. So, well,
2: That should buy, be true of just about anything you buy.
0: Sure, but if you can pass it down as an heirloom, then it's worthwhile. Yeah, like French cuffs. But if it's, you know, I have, I have some uh, cufflinks that I use very seldomly, and I have some cheap cufflinks. I don't use the cheap cufflinks anymore. I, you know, I, I only use the good ones. Sure. When it comes to a tie pin or something like that, unless it's something you can pass down, I, I, I would definitely skip it. Uh, but my my first thing would probably be cufflinks because I like to wear a French cuff shirt, and then it would be a pocket square or or a tie. But I wouldn't get you know like a pocket watch type a lapel pin. no
2: that's no, um, I think pocket square is good. I think having a good watch is good yeah. and I, I I personally like to add a little bit of color. I know you don't like the socks, but I think that's a that's an easy way to express a little bit of personality with your look.
0: So, yeah, that's, that's what everybody says. Maybe that's my personality is uh, is just matching my socks to my pants. Um, you have any other questions that are coming through? Um, yeah, somebody's asking what should a woman wear. Uh, someone's asking what should a woman wear. So probably not the best question for us. Uh, <laughs> I had you know, there's a woman that interviewed today, and she looked like uh she was just dressed really nicely. She had a mask on, <laughs> so. But I just thought she looked very professional. Uh, I I just can't remember. She was probably wearing like a skirt suit or something. I, you know, I'm not gonna tell women what they should wear or what they shouldn't wear. Um, obviously, you know, you probably want to avoid something that's super low cut or super high. You
1: know, high high cut in, in the waist. Whatever um, actually empowers you. Whatever. Cause for example, a guy like the 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 armor that a guy wears at this time in the 21st century is a suit we no longer wear, you know best back in the roman ages and all those things but the armor that we wear now is a suit it should be the same way for a girl whatever empowers you whatever makes you feel like i can take over the world i'm gonna go there to that interview and take over that interview i know that i'm gonna get it because of this dress because of this the style that i have and whatever that's something that if you feel comfortable wearing it should be your main thoughts of the thing.
0: Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. But that's why you've got you to gotta be wearing something that you are comfortable wearing. And that's why I think rather than buying something cheap, mm-hmm. right off the rack, I mean, I would tell you to go buy a, a used $2,000 suit for you know for 500 then buy a new fi- $500 suit that's mm-hmm. worth 500 Um, But on that note, I want to talk about my Amazon store, which is linked in the YouTube video. So if you're watching this live, my YouTube link is in my Instagram profile. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, the links below, there's a link to my YouTube store. James, I haven't told you about this yet, but the cool shit that I have for the home bar, the stuff I have in the office, we got some cool stuff in the office. We got like some water guns and, and, you know was just I'm a kid so the you know, office is just full of gadgets but the things that I think are cool that I buy on Amazon I throw them all in an Amazon store so that if somebody sees it in one of these videos they can buy it and I got some cool stuff on Amazon James did I ever show you my uh, did I ever show you my money clip no it's from Douglas Pell which is a, a British a British jeweler and uh, I mean, it, you know, it's relatively inexpensive for what it is, but it's it's silver, and it's just the classiest. I love money clips, but it's the classiest money clip that that I've ever had, and it is definitely an accessory that you that you could pass down, and uh, probably need some polishing up. But it is, uh, you see the engravings on it. You see a little line on it. Can you see that? So, but I, I throw stuff like that in the Amazon store um, and uh, you know and anybody should check it out uh, if you guys have stuff that, that you want me to throw in the store too I'd be I'd be happy to do it but but totally accessory wise bar wise it is sip talk yeah so I don't know if I have any decanters in there but I should throw some decanters in there we definitely have this spherical ice ice mold you it? oh yeah of course I got this shit on Amazon I, I became a big Amazon user in 2018 when I, I basically tossed all the furniture in my apartment and bought all the furniture. And James, you've seen there's three, Andres, you've seen there's three bars in the apartment. There's a scotch bar which is mounted to the wall and then we have the tequila mezcal bar. The one that's got the, the skull bar. and it's got it's got, you know, it, it's yeah. got the, uh, the Jesus candles on it. Um, and then the And then there's a wine and champagne bar. So, uh, you know, I'm really into the bar stuff and, and I have a lot of uh, bar accessories on the Amazon store too, because I mean, to me, that's my pastime. That's my hobby. So, um, we'll get back to the suit talk though. Um, James, what's your, what's your go-to, uh, for work attire? I'm just, I'm curious.
2: Uh, I kind of told you already it's super basic. I just go with, um, like either a pair of good flat khakis or flat slacks in like a kind of a golden brown or the slacks are just going to be black, which is like a light stripe or whatever. And then just a button down shirt. I keep it super simple just so I can be comfortable. And if a client happens to come in, I look put together, but it's not something that people like, a lot of people in my office will actually just wear polo shirts What about um, oh,
0: anybody wearing shorts because you're in south carolina it's july 16th right now i don't know when this is airing on youtube but it's ju- it's the middle of july it's gonna be august it's a couple of, in couple of weeks anybody wearing oh, shorts? it's
2: already hot it's, it's it's been hot here for the last two months um but on fridays when it's casual people sometimes wear shorts but monday through thursday i don't think i've ever seen anybody wear shorts
0: so we're real estate agents. My my thinking on being a real estate agent is one shoes, man. I tell every every woman that that interviews on women on women clothing. Every woman in that interviews, and I just I mention it pretty much to everybody. But if I see a woman come in and she's wearing heels, I always try to mention wear comfortable shoes because you're going to be doing a lot of walking as a real estate agent. You're going to be doing a lot of walking. So I you know I don't say it in like uh, anti heels because some women are comfortable hiking around in, in, in heels but I just I hate for that person to show up on day one and they end up walking three miles and you know four different buildings five different buildings up six flights of stairs like at the end of the day you're gonna have a I've, I've, as a real estate agent I've suffered some major foot problems um, I mean blisters at the very least breaking in a new pair of leather shoes holy fuck it's like, I mean, you, your feet so can be advanced, your feet yeah. can be bleeding. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first year in business, I was going through a pair because I was viewing apartments every single day. I went through a pair of shoes probably every month to five weeks, mm-hmm. uh, and I was broke as shit back then. So then I then I started spending money on the cheap shoes, which not only did the soles wear out, but the leather would crack. on them. So, I mean, shoes I think are are, are really important, but I think again. My thinking is college shirt, That's so why I think a polo is fine in the summer yeah, in the New summer, York City. Summer, yeah. Shorts, not cargo shorts, but a clean pair of shorts. Um, and then if like I'm okay with the sneaker thing. I've seen million dollar brokers wearing sneakers. Yeah. And and you know if you're if you're ju- if you're stepping out of your air conditioned office yeah. into into you got a driver waiting for you out front in in a car. And then you walk into an air-conditioned apartment, that's yeah, fine. But I'll tell you, as somebody who's got to walk from West 35th Street to East 35th Street yeah. and then walk up to 40th Street and then has to go up five flights of stairs and you go into a top floor apartment that hasn't had the AC on, yeah. like but you know, when it's 90 degrees outside, wearing a suit is not an option. So you just need to feel confident, to be able to present yourself well. That's my opinion on, on real estate. I don't know. It's been so long since I've worked in in a regular nine to five style office, so I don't even
1: know. James, you were saying something about uh, stocks.
0: Oh, James. So what's What's up? I'm just curious. What platform do you use for stocks?
2: Stocks. Yeah. So I trade on two different platforms. I use Robinhood for a lot of my retail investing, and then I also have a brokerage account through Merrill Lynch that. Um, gives me, a, there, there's more commissions on it, but I've got a lot more, a lot more options to trade with between so, being able to trade over the counter and, um, more access to bonds and stuff like that. So I, I'm between the two. I've heard good things about Webull. I haven't ever actually traded with them, so, but so, I've considered getting into them.
0: Let's, let's do this. What I, what I, uh, I want to do is, is I want to talk maybe the next time you're on here about some of your stock trading techniques. Um, I recently got into it and I, you've been preaching me t- to me forever, but I signed up with Weeble. I signed up and I got two free stocks and I've been able to do a ton of research on my end and I'm still learning, but there seems to be a lot of opportunity. I put a decent amount of money into it. I'm up. So that's cool. And, uh, know, yeah, I'm still, I'm still playing around, but, uh, I'm offering right now in the link in the YouTube video, or if you go to the Instagram profile and find a YouTube channel, uh if you click that link, you get two free stocks. So I got referred, so I instantly got two on free Webull. stocks on Weeble. And I got I got the two stocks. And I'm actually I put in a hundred bucks mm-hmm. and from the stocks that I got for free, I was at two twelve. And that was last night on just those two stocks. So that I mean it hooked me up with some good stocks. Um yeah, I got people in the office that are always giving me tips. But you and I should definitely do a, uh, you know, one-on-one yeah, on, one on the
1: stocks. We, yeah. we
0: talk about some stocks because I think, you know, you've you've had some good luck.
1: Yeah, because right now you have things like uh, Robinhood, uh, uh, E-Trade, and things like that. You don't need to be, like, super smart to get, you know, these things about stocks. But since you're the kind of person that is into it, why don't you just come over here to the city, you know, and just... Sh- show us what's you to, to on investing. Uh, you know, show us a little bit more about this uh, things but like Weevil and In
0: the meantime, though, Weevil though, the platform Weevil. Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, it's the only platform you can sign on and get two free stocks. Mm-hmm. So that's my advice. At least jump on there, get the stocks, because it did me well. I'm up two hundred percent plus, which is nuts. I didn't I I didn't even do anything. I just I think that the economy is gonna that's, yeah, that's so a good wide been so wild over the last couple of months that you know I checked yesterday I hadn't even I
1: did even log back in after I signed up. Tesla stock went like the roof. Uh, that's that Tesla, was before the the pandemic happened Tesla was for like three twenty. Now it's above a thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh,
2: I do think that you need to make one disclaimer though, since uh, I don't believe that any of us hold any series licenses that any talk that we have on stocks is not professional advice by any stretch and shouldn't be taken as uh, as such by anybody that's listening.
0: First of all, pretty much everything I say is not professional, but yes, we are not get, we are not offering you stock advice in any way, shape or form. We are not professionals. We are not licensed to do so. We're just speculating on our own and talking about what we do. Um, so I really quick, cause you know, we don't have to say, you know, at a certain point, we're going to run out of clothing-type topics. But culturally, how things have changed over the last years, because when I entered the workforce, before, before I started working a job, an office job, I had never really worn pants on a regular basis. Even in the wintertime, people used to know me in high school, the guy just wore shorts all winter. James, you know this.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Didn't matter if it was negative five. Well,
1: no,
0: because the way I looked at it is, I felt more comfortable. I could get up, move around in shorts, yeah. and then. Um, but it was fucking so freezing. No, but it wasn't cold because we had a garage. So I walked it downstairs. It
1: minus minus five. I,
0: it was because we were up basically in the mountain. James much more so than I, but I had an I had a indoor a, an attached garage. So you walk downstairs, you start the car, the garage is warm. You open the garage door. And you drive to school, and then you walk 100 feet across the parking lot, and you're in a heated school. Yeah. And then you reverse that to go home. So for me, I never you know, I never really had to deal with being that cold, except for the walk to and from the car to the school. Yeah. And I, just, I, you know, I felt much more just kind of active in shorts. And as a runner back then, like, you know, shorts just seemed to, I don't know, free the – plus you get more ventilation. How's your leg? Are you still running? I can't. I haven't run a much my, my fucking foot
2: is killing me. James, I told you about
0: the, the heel spur.
2: Yeah. I thought you had plantar fasciitis or something. I, it's, it's one or the other, uh,
0: it's, I, and it could be both because, because basically the pain point is right under the heel, but then it's all through the fascia under my foot as well. And, and the fascia is really, really tight when I do anything. But also I had this pain, pain point right on the right in the center of my heel which is in line, unless they're going to do an MRI, or you know, not MRI, X-ray, or whatever it is. It, it, you know, and there's not much they can do for treatment. They can do an operation if it is a heel spur, but the general treatment is just take time off, which I've pretty much done the entire time. And it's, uh, it's making me miserable because I really enjoy running. And that's what happened. I went out, I hadn't been running too frequently. Mm-hmm. I went out at the beginning of coronavirus at all this free time, and I was doing six, seven, eight miles a day. And cardiovascularly, I could keep up with it, but my foot is basically fucking broke on the inside. And now, I... James, I told you I got a rower? Yes. Oh, my God. Best thing that ever happened to me over coronavirus was getting this fucking rower. I can, uh, I can jump on the rower. I attach my, my little iPod clamp onto the rower so I can watch some YouTube videos. And uh, I just roll away. I throw in at least a, a solid 10 minutes. I'm trying to get my average uh, you know below a certain number, and that's my my thing. like I've been getting up extra early and just hitting that before like seven: thirty in the morning, and it 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 that shit gets me going. I'm not promoting any rowers, but uh,
1: um, but then again, if there's someone actually out there,
0: they get a sick can't. deal <laughs> I got a sick deal on
1: this rower, so if anybody wants a rower, I will sell you
0: mine. I'll hook you up in the price and I'll go buy another one on the Facebook market.
2: Um, I'm I'm still firmly behind cycling. Now New York's different than Charleston. Like uh, yeah. you can't. Well, that's up. the
0: issue with New York is you can't get speed, man. You can't get and you can't sustain speed.
2: Yeah, you just got too many people to, to watch out for. Too many stoplights. Too many cars.
1: And not know roads actually, to actually do it. You only have the either the uh, West Side Highway and the FDR. Those are the only places where you can actually, you know, ride a bike. You don't want to ride a bike. Oh, the, bike a little, the bike path, yeah, Not on the bike on highway. highway. The bike path that runs the Yeah, yeah, side. the bike path, exactly. That comes alongside. Yeah. Out Those things. You don't want to ride a bike in Fifth Avenue, Sixth, Seventh. No, 7th, you can't 8th, ride I mean, the
0: streets. The streets you but can't do. you're going
1: to... At some point, someone's going to open up a
0: cab and boom. I think, the, I think the loop in Central Park is six miles. And it's good on a day where it's not busy. But if you go on a Sunday afternoon... In, in Central places Park, to ride a, a bicycle, you're not, you're not getting up to speed. Yeah. And God forbid, there's some hills in Central Park where you go down those things, and you could hit like maybe mid thirties. Like they're steep as shit. I when I when I sublet off Central Park a couple of years ago, uh, I was running these hills. James, you would, oh my God, we would, we, you and I would like it because you and I really like that stuff but it's as miserable as it gets because you're running up steep ass hills. And I would do, I would just do different sets of running up the hill. But even on a bicycle, I was out there maybe a month ago and I did four or five loops. Mm-hmm. I did a long loop in Central Park and there's a high loop in the park and that's really hilly. And I did like four or five loops up there. I it was gonna die. But it is-, it is have, but you done, not, have you
1: done city bikes? I've never those, been on a city Those bike bikes park. are so heavy that literally mm-hmm. doesn't, the smallest hill feels like you're you're about to die because they're they're heavy. They're they just go to a certain speed. They have like three speeds. And you're like when it's going down, it's great, but once you have to go back, it's like.
0: So James, I don't. So I remember. I mean, James and I, when we were thirteen years old, we used to we used to ride to McDonald's to play uh, uh, Monopoly. Monopoly which we now found out was rigged. But we would, we, we'd ride the bikes to go by uh, McDonald's and play McDonald's Monopoly. But then that was it. That was kind of my, you know, my, my tenure as a bicyclist until I moved to South Carolina. But not even then. When I was moving back, when I just when I committed to moving back to New York, I was going to move to New York City, I sold my car. Mm-hmm. Remember that? I didn't have a bicycle before that in South Carolina, James. I don't think you did either.
2: No, I bought a bike after I saw you having fun on yours. Yeah, fun. So,
0: what happened was I sold my car, but then I also needed to commute to and from work. So, that day or the very next day, I bought a bicycle on premises, and I still have it. It's in the storage class in the office. I ride it a couple times a week, sometimes to, to the office because I have another one that I, I, I use in places that newer and sturdier. And I would ride seven and a half miles from in, in South Carolina at seven thirty in the morning when it's hot as shit. Um, seven and a half miles to the office and seven and a half miles back, and I did that for so long until I got sick of it. And that's what got me into the motorcycle. But James and I used to bicycle. What was an average bike ride for us?
2: What are well, so- if we, like, I can't remember because neither of us were all that serious about it. Like last weekend, I did seventy-five miles over three days, which compared to some of the people that I ride with isn't even all that much. But yeah, well, yeah, it's more than more. It's more than we're doing, but but bicycling. I think
0: so. I like I like watching people. Uh, but that's James. That's twenty-five miles a day. Yes. Yeah. So I like. I, I one thing I really enjoy doing is is being fully suited up with. Uh, being on a motorcycle, although last summer Adam's mother got married, I had a Tom Ford suit on, so not, not a cheap suit. And I took the motorcycle from Manhattan way out in Long Island, about an hour ride, about 80 90 miles an hour. And what happened was the this suit was flapping in the wind mm-hmm. and it uh it got ripped up.
1: Okay, was not a good suit?
0: It was, and it was a some force. I mean I've had it for five years. Oh, I got it in like 2015. So and I have beat the fuck out of that suit. But yeah, the, the stitching for the inseam mm-hmm. uh, started to separate and broke my broke my damn heart. So um but uh but you know, I'm running out of stuff here, James. So you know if you've got more on the on the work attire. Um, you know, well, I,
2: mean, I got a question for you since I haven't really been in charge of interviewing for people. Um, oh, yeah. like I'll do some training in the office, but I don't have too much say in terms of who we hire or whatever, but what are, what are some of the things, like, what are the worst things that you've seen people come in? What, like for you as a high, as someone who is in charge of hiring, what are the things that make you say, yes, I want to hire this person or this person needs to get it out of the office right now? What are the two so, so or, what are some the things that you say?
0: Number one, I one-time interviewed a clown. And he was thinking that dressing up as a clown would set him
2: apart. and, and Like make, a clown clown. Yeah. Like as if he's showing up to a kid's birthday party clown.
0: But that would make him memorable and stay in people's minds. And obviously, the real estate, you want to be memorable. So that was his thing. He thought he thought for certain he would, he would be a clown. And, and that, but I, I did not hire him. Now, I have done thousands of interviews. Now, for a little while, we, we had Raj as our hiring manager. And he was doing that. But you get burnt out so goddamn fast. A good interview is a good interview. But you put so much of yourself into the good interview. Not trying to convince them, but trying to relate and have empathy and build rapport. And it's exhausting. And then if they don't, if they don't end up taking the offer, it's soul-crushing. Um, but a bad interview is a bad interview. I find I've had to, I talk a lot during the interview and I can tell the other person's uncomfortable, but then sometimes I don't give them enough time to talk to figure out like they're not the right person for the job. So, you know, with this job, sometimes, you know, people can change a little bit, but, but if I'm doing all the talking, I've I've learned that's not a good hire. Um, You know, when it comes to dressing up, I just want somebody that looks professional, that I would feel comfortable representing my biggest asset.
1: Exactly. That's the thing. He's representing your business, mm-hmm. so you don't want uh, someone out there wearing a bandana, wearing like, uh, like these things, are ripped jeans and like I don't know, destroy shoes, nothing right. Because at the end, he's going to be like, I'm this and that, working for the DiGiulio Group.
0: Well, it's all we're it, it all represents me, so it has to be somebody that yeah. I can I can relate to, um, and uh, yeah, but but. I mean, I've had some bad interviews. I had an interesting one very recently where the person just kind of stared at me. until I felt compelled to talk first. And then I caught on to the fact that that was his game. Like, he didn't really answer anything. He gave me a brief answer and then stared at me. And then I had to start talking again to make things a little less awkward. This is cool, though. I caught on to it. And then I just played that game back, kept eye contact, and the third time we hit an awkward interchange, he's like, Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to hearing. And uh, and he left. <laughs> it was very it was uncomfortable for me until I realized why I was uncomfortable. And then I just flipped that
1: around, changed the dynamic, and he got uncomfortable left. Speaking of uncomfortable, like flying, flying for example. For me, like flying next to a person that's small, sweeter, that has like these Things going on, it's like, it's like uh, can I please change my flag? Can I please change my, my state? And especially now with this coronavirus thing, and, you know, how they, they put, like, one seat apart of each other. I was looking at my, my credit card, and I was like, uh, what benefits can I get from it? Can oh, you're I you're some such a benefits? segue artist. You're can such I a
0: some... segue artist. And Grace is talking about, wow, he, yeah, you know, should, you should get paid for this. I should get paid for this. So, Andres and I were talking about throwing a little promo for the credit card. James, you know my favorite credit card is the Amex. Uh, it's a platinum card. One because it's a badass card, but two because I get fucking mad benefits. So, first off, the the, the major benefit is you get a a, a statement credit up to two hundred bucks for ancillaries that you hit when you're flying. So I've been comped in-flight beverages. I've been comped uh, overweight overweight bags, extra baggage fees. Do you got your
1: personal allowance?
0: Flight change fees, yeah. So we were talking about it before, and I, I'm obviously trying to, trying to help promote. but trying to make that money, baby. <laughs> we were talking about it before. I got a hack to get somebody hooked up with a platinum card it's it's in the YouTube links. But the platinum card, by the way, is – and I got – James, you, you – James is an accountant, so he helps me with credit cards. James, how many credit cards do I have? Do you know?
2: Three or four.
0: Three or four. That are
2: on the business. I don't care about what your personal is.
0: Dude. So, if anybody's watching this, I get <laughs> – I have – I mean, we're talking these – are, these aren't – Like every single – every single these, I, I, I mean, I have to, entity
1: that I have has a credit card –
0: I have notes on what cards are which, but I will say the one that I carry because I, I don't. I got I got uh, a slim slim card wallet. Yeah. I carry a business credit card, all right, mm-hmm. and then I carry a debit card because so you got to get cash. Yeah. I carry my license because obviously, obviously you need ID, right? Of course. But um, the the big the big one that I actually put anything on. Mm-hmm is the platinum card because i have not paid for a flight in probably seven years so the travel benefits on this card the travel insane. rewards are in are absolutely insane um but the cool thing is this isn't a regular card this is this thing is fucking yeah. solid if here's a here's a regular debit card
1: it's a status thing.
0: It's a status the regular thing. Is card. It's just
1: someone having a platinum or a black. A-man, So you're like, well, I mean, we're,
0: we're not. not you man. know, I'm I'm not in the I'm not in the black card spending realm yet. on one card. I, I'm sure if you pulled some of these together, I, I would be. Um, but the seasonal business, yeah, tends to keep me from that. But the platinum card, having that statement credit, where you can go on a flight and you can you can you can drink till you're hammered and you can buy in-flight movies, and you can cover your your overweight baggage. That that is badass because you don't have to worry. You know, if you if you if you go shopping when you're on a trip and you got to shove that shit back in your bag and you were already at the weight limit, you don't have to worry about that shit. The other thing is the airport lounges. So, and I'm really, uh, you know, I, I I'm not a promo bullshit artist like Andreas mm-hmm. here who, who who go to me into this, <laughs> <laughs> who go to me into this, but the airport lounges are nuts. It's nothing like pulling through an airport, and I've been at some cool airports, um, and just being able to walk into a lounge, any lounge, you get, you get the, the airport access, and you get, like, Centurion lounge access. So you get some really luxury-ass lounges where you get free beer and wine, comped. Some of them have showers. James, remember JZI, the, the, the private airport in Charleston? I don't know if that one is included. I don't know. I don't know if that's a lounge, or just a mm-hmm. private airport. But that airport was one of the nicest airports that I I I, I never flew in or out of there. And no yeah, reason. that's
2: where all the people that are going to Kilo fly into. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you have got a private flight, you're flying into that.
0: It was a really nice airport. Like you know, I had Dan Marino flew in a whole bunch of celebrities flew when I worked there. Um, but the airport lounges are nicer than that private airport where people fly in the private, private jets. And we, we used to drive the cars out onto the runway. So they step off the plane into their luxury sedan. Um, but yeah, that's, that that's another credit card. Thank you, Andres, for reminding me, um, check out the platinum card. James, if you're interested, uh, you know, I, I think I'd get you the annual fee waived and, uh, you know, I know you have good credit.
1: Link so. is in the description below. Now, link, no, the link is in the description below. If you're
0: watching on YouTube, yeah. But if you're watching, so you think I, an accountant would have bad credit? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> My credit was shit when I moved to to Charleston. Actually, yeah. remember in high school we graduated and I bought a boat.
2: Yeah, that was fun for about a year and a half.
0: Yeah. So what happened was? Pay
2: it back. What happened
0: was. Got the boat. And this is back in the day when they used to mail your credit cards. And all you got to do to activate it is, like, swipe it or call the 800 number. So, and they had, it like, 500 or $200 limit or something. So, I took a – I quit my job, and I took one with a – I mean, this is back in, what, 2000, 2005, maybe? Yeah. And I just picked, like, a $500 limit one. And I just put my expenses for the next month on that card. I mean, gas was a dollar. Yeah. So it was a 44 uh, gallon tank, and that would last you, you know, half a month. So the money stretched a little bit longer, a little bit further back then. But uh, I just put everything in a card. And then when that one ran out, I just opened another envelope, put it in card. Figured it was some shit that I, w- I would deal with later, which I had to deal with eventually after a year. When I came to terms with fucking life. Having to buy cars, having to finance cars, having to get other credit cards. Uh, and that shit was on my credit for seven years. So it wasn't until really, I think, 2012 that some of that I, I had cleaned it up before. But uh, by 2012, my, my credit score went from high 500s to low 700s, so which is wild. So that's 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 what I got on credit cards. Now my credit score can vary quite a bit, but it only
2: depends. Well, it only varies. Like coronavirus you. couldn't possibly have helped for anybody. But my my my
0: credit score is nearly perfect because I got paid off auto loans. The only thing I know is a is a more paid off mortgage. But mm-hmm. you know I got the bike. The bikes I financed the past, The cars the cars I bought outright don't don't show up. But um, but you know, when you pay off an auto loan, it spikes. I recently sold my mm-hmm. car, so my credit score went up from that because the auto loan was paid off. Yeah. Uh, I always pay credit cards on time, which is super key. That's that's the
1: key. That's the most important thing. But the if late payment cards just make sure to pay them on time.
0: The late payments will stay in your credit for seven. Late payments will stay in your credit for seven years. If you pay on time, even if you have a high utilization rate, that that, that they year. the credit score varies monthly based off your utilization rate so if you pay things off 30 years later your credit score is going to jump again but if you if you miss a payment that's on there for seven years Yeah. so uh i'm about to wrap up though james if, if that's cool with you any any fashion nova Fashion-ovo tips you'd like to add
2: still just say color add some personality the two tips that i gave anybody when i was giving them advice as to what they should or shouldn't do i think you can boil it down to one wear an outfit not a costume like you can be too dressed up or whatever it like but yeah wear an outfit not a costume and introduce some small level of imperfection into your into what you're wearing and that can be done through accessories or, or what, But I think that you don't wanna to be too perfect because again, like you wanna look put together, but at the same time, you can't be trying too hard and make it look like this is all you've got going for you. I got a parallel for you on that.
0: So um, furniture sets, if you're furnishing a house or an apartment, this is, I get this advice all the time. Don't buy this set, buy pieces you like with a similar style and put them together. But if you buy a set, you're gonna look like a JCPenney catalog. And, and which, you know, is probably not, you know, it's a little cheap looking. But you're gonna look like a JCPenney catalog. If you buy pieces you like within a similar style and put them together, it's gonna to look cool. Yeah, and it's gonna be your personality. The reason why
1: there are, there are sets out there is because there's people that actually have no style, no sense of style. So if you buy something like a, a piece from this side and a piece from this other side and a piece from this side and, you, and you don't correlate them together, it's uh, going to look completely different. again, be,
0: yeah. if you don't, if you don't, like, if you're fully inept, my advice is rather than buying a set, yeah. just find a friend to give you tips. At the very least, go yeah. in and type in interior designer yeah. and ask for help. I
2: you would know, also say don't call. be afraid to take risks.
0: Yeah, I mean, remember though, in South Carolina when I was there in Charleston, I was walking, I was watching a lot of Miami Vice, <laughs> watching a lot of Miami Vice, and I was yeah, but we're not so Miami. Hot. So I just went, I just went full t-shirt or like V-neck with uh, with a jacket over the top of that. So that was an interesting
2: look, I guess.
0: Um, but I thought it was cool. I don't know if
2: anybody else thought. Well- the nice thing about male fashion is that it tends not to change all that much. Oh my God! Female yeah. fashion, I can't pretend to understand, but it seems oh, like that kind of goes through cycles or whatever. Whereas male fashion, like a well-fitting suit, and a well-fitting button-down and a good tie. Yeah, that that's been around for what 150 years, more, <laughs> relatively unchanged. The only thing that you really see is like the size of the lapels will kind of cycle up one way or the other, and the bagginess of the suit. Yeah, Which, yeah, and, like, it's the, the far- 80s baggy suits were cool, but not anymore. You also have to understand the body type that you have.
1: If you have, like, a wide body type, <laughs> you get a wide lapel. If you're skinny and lean, you get a lean lapel.
0: So, yeah, so I can't yeah. pull off. That's a good point, point.
1: And, and let's wrap on that.
0: The cut of the suit, I can't pull off a thin lapel. Yeah. I'm not a lean guy, mm-hmm. and thin lapel just draws attention to the fact that, mm-hmm. like, my body – doesn't even mean the lines of my body like the silhouette the contour of my body aren't aren't thin yeah. when I get a nice i mean i like I like a peak lapel mm-hmm. and I like a wide like 1970s like like old school peak lapel mm-hmm. to me it just makes me think Batman like I don't know why, but that's just always been my thing, but I like a wide lapel yeah. now you know I got some European friends. That are obviously Europeans are leaning Americans. you yeah. we all know that. Um turn that back on. Do one more. Uh, but they they can get away with the with the thinner lapels and the thinner tie
1: because of their body tie. the way that they. I mean, James, you know you know, a,
0: like, um, you know, you know, Alfie's Alfie's got like skinny ass tie on. Um, James, you you with Alfie, right? Who? Alfie. What's it all about, Alfie?
2: Are you talking about the movie? With yeah.
0: Jude Law? yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah, he's got a thin lapel. He's got a skinny ass tie on.
2: Yeah, um, I would also say that, like, I think spending the two or three hundred dollars to take a suit off the rack and bring it to a tailor to have oh, them, course. yeah, I, I think that you can you can take an average to below average suit and make it pretty incredible with relatively low effort
0: so my thing is i have I have big legs big hamstrings big thighs but i need something that fits my fits my legs my upper leg but i always have to have the lower leg taken in and you know, i can't just buy a, a wide like boot cut type like thick ass so what i always do is i get some of that fits usually i have to have the waist taken mm-hmm. in and then I have to have the lower leg calf area technique. in, But it ends up being a pretty, pretty slick looking looking suit.
1: You also have to talk to your tailor, and get used to tell him, like, don't be afraid. Don't Look, be just Find just a, a good tailor. tailor? Yeah, find a good tailor and be like, it's not expensive, believe me. Buying a $5,000 suit is way more expensive than buying a $500 suit and getting a good tailor. Because a good tailor will actually give you a feedback, like, okay, this is the way your body looks. So they just take some of these, take some of that, and then I mean, less than, yeah. Le- less than fifty bucks. Yeah. Less
0: than fifty bucks on a tailoring, but usually along the lines of like eighteen dollars. Yeah. For that, you know, to have,
1: yeah.
0: to have the the each pant leg hem two bucks a pop, yeah. like that, you know,
1: yeah. overcharged. It's a good investment.
0: It. It's a good investment. But yeah. it is. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it 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 totally is. Uh, and I will tell you, as somebody who has interviewed thousands and thousands of people—well, thousands, of people, I don't know—a lot of people. Um, the way you look, first impression is super, super, super important. And you know, dress isn't everything. It's also your
1: confidence, and yeah. But at least if you look good, you're gonna go out there
2: with that confidence. Are you gotta, looking you good? Gotta, yeah. You gotta look good. That's,
0: yeah, you gotta, you gotta look good. That's a big. That's a big part of it. Um,
2: huh. It's like the, uh, the two rules of dating, which is be attractive, and rule two is don't be unattractive.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much.
2: <laughs>
1: That's a lot. Oh, that
0: explains it. <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so okay. I hope, uh, I hope yeah. your Milwaukee best treated you well. I hope the temperature, I hope maybe you put some of those in refrigerator.
2: Nope. Too lazy.
0: All right. I, I gotta go. We we got a life to live. Yeah. James, you and I are gonna catch up next time. We're gonna talk about yeah. we're gonna talk about living together in South Carolina. <laughs> and, uh, and and we'll catch up more. But thank you for joining. Yeah, talking.
2: I got a couple ideas for next week's uh for next week's topics too. Well so. don't don't let's not
0: even talk about it. You know, we'll we'll bring it That's up.
2: It. I said ideas. I'm not saying anything else.
0: And uh, and let's hash it out then. Let's then let's see if we let's see if we come to the same terms and, and agree. So, uh, yeah. On that note, adios. Over now. If you're watching this, it means you made it to the end. Thank you very much for watching the whole thing. If you made it this far and you have not liked, subscribed, commented, shared this podcast, you owe me. Thanks for watching.